What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I am your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Black Jacks, Jack Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow, and Trapper Die Jacks if you know me like that. So this week, we're going to talk about one of the biggest buzzwords these days, toxic things. We're going to talk about different themes and different personalities that you can find in real life and of course online that exhibit toxic behavior. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, this week, Jack of All Trades takes on toxic themes and toxic people. So we are all familiar with the term toxic these days. It feels like it's everywhere sometimes. Um, and we're no longer referring to, you know, good old Britney Spears and that hit back in the day. Um, let's talk about some toxic things that are out there, different themes, scenarios, concepts, and of course, different types of people that we may encounter in life and in society, and of course, on social media. So I have a couple of familiar guests, familiar voices and faces returning this week. So let me give them a chance to introduce themselves. Hey, it's Diane. Um, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk about some toxic traits. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Welcome back, Diane. What up, what up, what up? It's Lex. I'm back again. Talk about some toxic stuff. So happy to be back. Thanks for the invite on this lovely Sunday. Thanks for joining. Welcome back. So yeah, how are you all doing? How have you all been? Summer's winding down. How do you feel about that? <laughs> you know I'm depressed. <laughs> I've been counting down till fall officially starts this week. I'm like, why? Why can't it just be summer? all the time. I feel like we are all our best during the summer season. <laughs> the sun shines differently. I mean, I spent a night at the lake recently and I was like, this is what summer is all about. Like eating popsicles and just mm -hmm. chilling outside. But no, here we go, fall and then winter. And I'm, I'm miserable, <laughs> so I'm not happy. I'm sorry to hear that, but we know that's because you're a summer baby that you go so hard for the dog I go days so of hard. summer. I'm counting down till next summer already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for one, am uh, not mad at the weather cooling down here in Dallas. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a brutal summer. Uh, so the only thing I'm not looking forward to is this return to office next month. Ooh. Ooh. Yikes. So hopefully that gets, that, that gets pushed back, but we'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see what... Talk about the toxic workplace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because what they're doing, like, we should just jump straight into Yes, go for it. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I mean, you send us home. You tell us for, like, a year and a half or two months that this is the best. We are doing amazing. This mm -hmm. is the best you could ever. I mean, we can't believe our people stood up like this. I so finally exactly. create some balance in my life. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Where, you know, oh, wow. This is what it feels like to eat what intuitively throughout the day, to be able to like go mm -hmm. and grab what I should naturally have as I need it, to be able to take a walk 
mm-hmm. at lunch or to walk my dog a little bit longer in the morning like to be able to do those things to the, what it brought to my own life I find some balance finally yeah I feel like I finally like got my head on and now they're like let's go back <laughs> right not hybrid like we're not gonna go back for two days a week Oh, no, 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 no. You like five days a week. Oof. We're going to check your badges. No way. Are wow. You and I'm like, wow, you didn't do that before. But now all of a sudden, there are all these new controls in place to make sure I'm here five days a week. So I wonder what wow. is deeper. What's, what's, what's it really mean? Right. Yeah, same here. We're definitely not going back in a hybrid. And I feel like that would even make me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, let's ease back into this situation because, you know, they had several places that people go back and then somebody catches COVID and you got to shut the whole office down again. Right. Like, right. Quick, too. Like, and we're not talking yeah. about months go by. We're talking about two weeks you know standard <laughs> goes by right. and they try to do too much they go to happy hour or they do an, a team event and before you know it one or two people catch covid mm-hmm. so but yeah of course that's mm-hmm. <laughs> diane put it perfectly you know it's like praise people to keep them working and then when you feel like all right we need to start to get a return on the investment of these physical spaces drag them back in and pretty much deprive them of everything that has allowed them to sustain during this freaking pandemic, like, and still right. get work done. But it's like, oh, but we love y'all, but y'all really need to come back here. Like, uh, right. I don't know if I'm feeling the love. <laughs> right. I am um, just most recently, uh, we had a team outing uh, with a vendor at Top Golf, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my coworkers, you know, the most talkative guy in the room, walking around everybody in everybody's face. Of course, comes out a few days later on the call. He's like, "Oh yeah, because I had COVID like uh, a week and a half ago." I'm like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Right. You start counting back business days. Exactly. But it's just that careless, that amount of carelessness, you know? Right. I can can't imagine if we were in the office, you know? Right. You can't control for every person, obviously and naturally, but ultimately it's like, if you want me to come back, (laughs) we need to continue to at least try to make sure that everybody's being super safe and transparent. Like, you may not need to tell everybody sitting around you what you have going on in your medical history, but somebody needs to be able to say, okay, like, we know (laughs) who had COVID and when, and we're trying to keep everybody safe to a certain extent. But ultimately, I don't know. I just don't see how it's going to really happen. I don't know. No. (sighs) Well... I might tell people that, you know, I had it recently just so they won't come by my desk. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to talk to those people. Well, I'm my best coworker. <laughs> right. I, I don't blame well, you on and that. That's that front. really what I feel too. I am probably my best coworker. It's a lot easier for me. I don't do well with, I guess I'm doing better now, like with connecting with people from a distance because I have to mm-hmm. but I don't miss the daily interactions with all the people yeah that's and, and I do and there are some parts of it that I like that's why I'm like a hybrid would be ideal one to two days mm-hmm. would be like perfectly fine but I just don't care that your apartment complex says you can't have your pit bulls there anymore and I don't want to <laughs> hear that story anymore right <laughs> 
real. So, so, so yeah. you know, or whatever the random thing is. And so like, I just, I like, I like not having to take on people's energy and situations as frequently, yes. but I'm like, I do miss, you know, like shooting the breeze. Right. Mm, yeah. You know, working together, collaborative work. I enjoy that. So there are some perks to it, but. So let's talk about one thing that you might find in the workplace because you have to be there and that's toxic positivity. So toxic positivity is essentially when um, a person, for example, asserts after a catastrophe that everything happens for a reason and they want to um, urge people to focus on positive aspects of devastating loss or change, you know, like always people always telling you think on the bright side at least you still have x y and z you know do you find that there are examples of toxic positivity in the workplace or do you have any friends or family that are like that where you're just like damn bitch let me just be sad you know <laughs> um me not so much in the workplace i would say that oftentimes when people say stuff like that you're not actually giving people the opportunity to process right a whatever happened mm -hmm. and to actually allow yourself to have those feelings you right. know it's kind of to me just like sweeping stuff up under the rug mm -hmm. like at some point <laughs> five years from now you're gonna think back to that one time <laughs> that you never had a chance to process your feelings and now it's affecting you all this time down the road. Right. Uh, so it's definitely a real thing. Yeah, because all your homies were like, just keep your head up, dog. We gonna get Ooh, through yeah. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, I kind of experienced a lot of grief early on. Like one of my best friends was murdered when oh, I was man. 13. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I remember people really just being like, you have to get over it. Mm -hmm. But at 13, someone that you're like so close to, y'all having sleepovers, like it is, this is a thing. Like y'all are just a crew. And for them to just like be gone one day mm -hmm. for the most like irrational thing ever, it was hard to just get over. And so there were a group of us, we were really close. We grew up together. We were like all in um, youth ministry together at church. And we all kind of like, we're going through it together. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because like her and the anniversary of her, well, her birthday and her death were really close together. Mm -hmm. And so they both just passed in August. And, um, and we still like to this day, all these years later it's like this whole thing but i look back and i'm like people don't know how to deal with hard situations because maybe they sweep it under the rug yeah and you know they will people like when you're really going through something people will really be like you know it's gonna all be fine and you're like what if i just mm -hmm. want it to be bad now right like what right. if i just want to sit in this and you know I, I i've seen that a lot in my life because i did grow up very much in the church yeah you know and so you really you have to put us like gotten god the silver lining to you know <laughs> right like, you know so like you always like have to make it seem like there's a a better option and it's it's difficult and i find that that's i find that to be like extremely <clears throat> extremely difficult in how you process things 
throughout your whole life because you'll yes. you'll put that spin on everything. I would put that right. spin on everything. I would be like, oh, it's all gonna be fine, and then eventually I'd be like, no, no, this is not okay. You can be okay with it not being all right right now, right? And you can sit in it. And you know, there have been times when I should be happy about something where I find no joy. I'm like, I don't, yes. I'm not happy, and I think that's okay too. Like how you feel in a situation is is your right. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. We have you know, to. It's, yeah, yeah. You have to allow people to feel how they're going to feel, at least for a little while, you know? Right. Because I think, yeah, to a certain extent, you don't want to be um, too negative or pessimistic in how you view life over a long period of time. But yeah, if you want to feel your feelings and, you know, feel the sadness, feel the loss or the devastation for a while uh, or feel it, you know, in a certain way. And show it in a certain way, as long as it's not like affecting other people or, you know, harmful to yourself or others. It's like you have to let people kind of sit in that sometimes. So. So, yeah, I don't know. I I try to let people do what they do and, you know, not not um, lean too heavily on the the toxic positivity. You know, sometimes I say, hey, I'll be there for you. You know, I'm sending you love and light, you know. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then let people feel how they how they gonna feel. Because it is them. hard to watch your friend struggle. Yes, I mean the people yes. that you love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to see you down bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, right. You want to say me. positive, encouraging things. It feels mm-hmm. like it's kind of the default. You know. So yeah, I don't know. Something to think about for sure. Like can't always spin things in that way like sometimes you have to let people sit in what's going on um but another toxic theme that's out there toxic black excellence so maybe i made this up maybe i didn't i don't know but (laughs) (laughs) i definitely feel that we have started to see a lane of black folks that really lean into um essentially presenting themselves in a certain way and wanting all black people to you know, show up in a certain light. In a lot of ways, it's, you know, respectability politics. And it kind of leans towards that. You know, it's the people that wear suits everywhere. Or have you seen like the videos of like the men that just show up like 25 deep in a suit to like a government building? They'd be like, this is the real black excellence. And it's like, these niggas literally just have on suits. Like, these could be the worst guys out there. Ever, right? Ever. But they look good. But But they they, look good. I think that... I think for that, um, I, I actually like to see that, um, but <laughs> I think that the concept more behind that is, you know, the the fashion behind it. I, and that's the thing, though. If it was the fashion only, I would get it. But it's always this underlying idea of if you don't look like this, you're not an excellent black person. Like, if you don't always have on, and at least in this day and age, right? I, maybe it's mm-hmm. more of like, it's just becoming an antiquated kind of train of thought because I view it as there are a lot of people that think if you don't always have on your Sunday best and you're not always, you know, speaking in your most um, well-educated manner and you aren't just showing up in a certain way, then you fall short of black excellence and therefore like you are the, you know, the downfall of our community. You know what? With you saying that, it reminds me of a uh, gosh. What was that man's name? Was it Granddad Bay? 
Yes. You know, the, the, the real fine old man with the salt and mm-hmm. pepper. Like, you know, if you don't have almost like the old spice man. Like, yes. If you don't have the, the salt and pepper beard and the comb back, you know, right. and your suit on. Yes. <laughs> right. Then who are you? You're not a real man. You're not a real exactly. black man. Exactly. It's like, damn, we can't but be casual. <laughs> but that's just it, right? One of the things that I think as Black people we struggle with, and this is probably the toxicity of it, is that, like, it's difficult for us to see other people's perspectives and just let it be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, my sister, my baby sister, she wears, like, um, and I think both of y'all have met her. She wears like pink and blue and purple hair all the time. That's her thing. It's just mm-hmm. who she is. She's like a character. And people are never ready. They're just like, is, is her hair purple? You see her damn hair is purple. <laughs> right. You see it. Right. It's purple. It's purple. And I think that's toxic too. Don't ask a question you already know. The right. Answer. Right. But people don't know what to take. They don't know what to think about it. Like they want to put you in a box. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, if you're corporate, if you're corporate and black, they expect you to look a certain way, be mm-hmm. a certain, and nobody will say that. But all of a sudden, you know, when you, if you, you'll get more compliments when you start dressing like other people. Yes. Yeah. If you, if you all of a sudden you find a little vest that you think is cute and you forget, oh, girl in the office always wears that. And the day you wear it, she compliments you. Then all of a sudden that kind of feeds something in your head. You're like, oh, I need to like do it this way. So I, I think that that's very much a thing, especially from a corporate perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to, we can't respect somebody that is a little bit more casual or adds their own flair to it. Right. Um, and I just, I, I think that that is, a, that's toxic in itself. It's also not fair to say that just because somebody wears baggy jeans and his yes. pants are sagging, he isn't as intelligent, as impactful. Exactly. You right. know, <clears throat> I have locks. My locks go down, they pass my ass. You should not put me in a box. Right. You shouldn't assume that I am not educated or, you know, that I'm that I don't have a successful career. And people do that all the time mm-hmm. on the slightest things because it's different. Right. You know, and so I think that that's kind of a old thing. I mean, if you really look back, like, oh, yeah, we right. Could probably go back to like the 50s and 60s. It was like you had to be a certain way, dress mm-hmm. a certain way. Yep. Goes all the way back. And you know where else it shows up and shows itself to truly be toxic? So do e- either one of y'all watch Love and Marriage Huntsville? Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's it's them damn men on that show, specifically Marceau and Maurice Scott. So they are very, we all know, right? For anybody listening that doesn't know anything about the show, it is a show about people that truly are successful in Huntsville And it's about their relationships and their business partnerships. So they're doing well, right? It's reality TV, but it's kind of based in some people that got a little bit of sense. But the men definitely display this toxic black excellence in that they, if they have any issues like with a business deal or with other people, they always will kind of gaslight with this idea of like, well, I'm just trying to display black excellence for my family and create a legacy. So that's why I don't spend time with my wife. That's why I don't treat my employees mm-hmm. right. That's why, you know, I'm I'm down here having an argument with you, you know, at the lounge. And I just, you know, I'm black excellence and I, you know, want to show up 
in a certain light and you need to be like me, you know, and you need to allow me to be who I am because I'm excellent and black, you know, they just really throw right. it in your face. But, you know, it's funny because that is definitely toxic, right? Yes. We see so many people on Instagram and, and Jackie, you know, we love to talk about Darius Hook. Oh, my goodness. And, like, one thing that really annoyed me about him when, when he was doing his thing, every time he would make a little money, like a million dollars, like, okay, I'm proud. That's exciting. Like, I'm never going to act like that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. He would always teach a master class. <laughs> see, you know how I feel and about a master class. And it would oh. <laughs> It would drive me nuts. I'm like, okay, like I get it. You, you are you are good at this. You seem to be able to really bring in a million dollars every single time you need to. Mm -hmm. But like, do you really have to teach a master class? A master class on credit repair. You see how that worked out? Right. Because then six months later, like you don't even have to study anything. It's like people will literally take a weekend lash class, do oh, a few yeah. people's lashes, and then become <laughs> a master lash tech and telling everybody how to make all this money because maybe they're really good at business and sometimes what they're selling the master class on is not even what they're good at right it's not even how they really made the money it's just the product right right it's like the new modern mlm but that is definitely i i find that i mean i'm sure everybody's doing it on social media but so many black people just as soon as they figure out one little thing they want to teach a class they want to like have a workshop it, because Why? because they have fans and people that are like, oh, I want to make money like them or they find the similarities and they're like, let me study this person so I can be the next person to make a million dollars or be, uh, you know, an overnight lash tech success. And because they drive that same idea right in that concept. Oh, you can be black and excellent. And if you're not, you should be striving to be. You should want to be mm -hmm. like me. Let me take your money. <laughs> you know, like that's what it has turned into. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm going to have to chime in on that. Just, you know, a little bit on the back end. Because, you know, like, for example, y'all know that I've been doing Airbnb for a while now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do kind of see the, the business perspective from that. Because, I mean, if I had a dollar for all the free game that I didn't give away, you know, mm -hmm. in regards to Airbnb. Okay. It's like, you know, it's, it's business at the end of the day. You know, if you want to share your success and tell other people how to do it i mean i feel like you should be able to monetize that because true if it's, it's buying a book or you know yeah well, and that's very dummies, true so. that's a good point i say yes if it's legitimate success but yeah. i should not be able to peel back one layer of your onion and realize you're a fraud or that right. you know you really don't have any and again right not even that you don't have any experience but if you only have like bare minimum credentials, you know, some people really are not going through and getting all of the certifications they might need. They're doing, you know, bare minimum or something just barely above it. And next thing you know, they turn around and it's like, get like me. So, yeah, if you right. are doing legitimate business, but and that's the problem. I think everybody wants to be an overnight success and they take success for, you know, over the course of six to 10 months or for a year and turn around and be like, oh, look at y'all, like, look at me, like, I'm a mogul, learn from right. me. Versus back in the day, like you really did have to have 10, 15, 20 years success for somebody to be like, let me want to learn from you. And again, right. you can learn from your peers, you can learn from other folks around you. I 100% believe in that. But I think there's something to, you know, Again, certain verbiage and certain concepts. A masterclass, 
because you think you an excellent black nigga now don't play with me (laughs) (laughs) all right let's see let's move right along so uh toxic masculinity this is probably what most people are most familiar with out in the world so if anybody doesn't know toxic masculinity um by definition the concept um, is used to refer to certain cultural norms that are associated with harm to society and men themselves traditional stereotypes of men as socially dominant along with related traits such as misogyny and homophobia can be considered toxic due in part to their promotion of violence including sexual assault and domestic violence and the socialization of boys in patriarchal societies often normalizes violence such as in the saying boys will be boys when it comes to bullying and aggression so now that we've been schooled by the wikis um, that was a a mouthful yeah (laughs) but i think a few things few things stood out misogyny (laughs) homophobia Mm mm-hmm Yep. Right. I mean, it's all kind of within that bigger concept, that bigger boogeyman of toxic masculinity. You know, I'm, I'll just say it. I know we know some men out there that I know some men that it's like, if it's not the idea of them being like a caveman or a he man, it's, it's too soft, right? Like it's questionable and it's not in the ways of what a man should be and what society should be like, you know, the boosy badasses of the world. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, in what ways? Or, you know, even the people that say, you know, like, oh, real men don't wear pink. Yeah. Right. Like, yes, the simplest, (laughs) the simplest deviation from what they think is masculine becomes questionable. Like, and you want to know what's funny? I think also it's toxic masculinity to say real men wear pink. Why do you have to have a whole campaign? Who said that? It's a color. No, it is. In the month of October, <laughs> so oh. that men will support breast cancer awareness, there's a whole thing about real real men wearing mm. pink. And I think like it's just a color. We should get away from that. You know, away from... I don't think masculinity or femininity are defined by the by primary colors. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of what you're taught as like a kindergartner almost. Like, right. yeah. like you're blue born is for boys and yeah. pink is for girls. Right. But right. even to that point in the month of October, if it's to try and increase men's support of breast cancer awareness, it's like, why do we have to have a specific campaign to like help get them on board? <laughs> Right. You know, it's exactly. like, hey, be a real man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, like, hey, people, you know, <laughs> if you right. care about people that get breast cancer, because, you know, I think even that like toxic masculinity doesn't like the idea of just referring to people, you know, for certain concepts like men and women, anybody born can get breast cancer because everybody has mm-hmm. certain breast tissues that can ultimately become cancerous. So it's like why why can't we talk about people you know and breast cancer awareness in all people right you know people get hung up on stuff like that so i don't know i feel like toxic masculinity isn't going anywhere but i definitely believe that people have less of a patience for it especially in certain ways like 
you know, Boosie just always will remain the best example of it because how he is today, 20 years ago, it probably would have been, he probably would have had an even bigger platform to be, you know, like even more bigoted and nobody would have anything to say about it because it would probably be just more spread around like the word around town around black people. But with social media and the way people kind of push back on that now, we know that the people are out there that, you know, mm -hmm. agree with him. Mm -hmm. But he can't. And even to, to piggyback off that, you know, people say all the time, like, oh, Boosie says what a lot of people are thinking. They just not going to say it. Or like Kevin Samuels, you mm -hmm. know, they'll say, oh, a lot of men think that way. But, you know, they're just not going to say it. Mm hmm. Right. Well, and I think that that a lot of that right now is stemming from you have these men who don't, who haven't defined, who won't look at their manhood any other way than the way that they've always defined it. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a lot more non-binary queer men who are, who are living openly and I think that you have these toxic masculine men who somehow feel threatened, engaged, excited, enticed. I'm not sure what it is. I, you know, mm -hmm. like, and that's where it kind of goes back to that homophobia because, like, they don't know you can still be a man and paint your nails. Like, I follow right. this guy on TikTok, and he's, you know, he works in the farm. Like, he works on the farm. He's married. He mm -hmm. appears to be, a, what is it, a cisgender straight man. Like, right. But he paints his nails. Right. He likes it. Like, and I think that's kind of cool. You know, like, do you. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to be stuck in one thing or another. If you're fascinated or intrigued by other things. Or if you're not, if you don't like seeing Lil Nas pregnant on a magazine <laughs> cover, that's okay. Right. It's okay too. You don't have to hate on them. You can be like, man, that ain't for me and move on. Mm -hmm. And it keep it moving. Be, right. And keep it moving. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't, what makes it homophobic is when you like, oh, that's nasty as hell. <laughs> then it becomes a thing. But if you just saw it and said, damn, you know? Right. Yeah. How they, how they do his stomach? I was more curious about how they made him look pregnant. <laughs> look anything. real. I was like, <laughs> well, this is interesting, you know? So, right. But, but but that that I think that that's what because Boosie really feeds on his platform is based on homophobia yeah and it's really based on based on, I think a lot of his followers they don't know where they land now right they don't they don't know like they 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 don't they don't want to be cool because maybe possibly being cool with something like that would make you associated like who cares come on like be more evolved than that but I don't think Boosie knows where he lands. I don't think he's gonna know what to do when probably two of his kids are gonna be gay. I mean, he got so many. Right. right. Okay, it's exactly. a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Numbers. Thank you. <laughs> two of them motherfuckers. The main one with a t-shirt on, marching up and down the street for pride, and it's like, oh, really? You had to wait for your kids to come out for you not to be a total asshole, right? Oh man, and it's and the, of course again, it's the the masculine lean right like boys are expected to be a certain way because can we remind the people one of boosie's biggest hits starts with two red bones are kissing in the back seat so the homophobia is truly rooted in like men you know and yeah, gay sure. men 
And I don't know, it, it just makes you wonder like, did you see something in prison? Did you see something growing up? You know, well, you know he saw some stuff. In well, prison. yeah, you're right. He did tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, he said that he knows people. He can call people that will rape somebody in prison, which is insane. But you're homophobic. So, well, again, yes, home because within homophobia, you see that as a punishment or you know a detriment. For anybody to, you know, be defiled, quote unquote, in that type of way. But it's so rooted in just such the like old school mentality of thinking, like we said, you know, this, but his whole mindset makes it seem like gay people came out yesterday and all of a sudden, like they're infiltrating the streets of America. You know, it's like, bro, what, what are you going through? They showing it to the kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> they putting it in the cartoons, man. <laughs> Oh and and it's, it's been in the cartoons. Right. And not only that, research has proven that children are just not impressionable in that way. Right. A child is going to evolve into the adult that they are meant to be. Yes. Based on so many experiences and whether, and I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't want to get into whether you're born like that or your experiences or whatever it is, right? Whatever your choices are, it, that that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Watching, watching, inclusion right. and diversity on a television show, it actually takes some of the sex stigma away. Right. Because people do associate those things with sex. And when you can just see a kid and his dad or his two dads or a kid and his two moms, mm -hmm. and it just be like, they go to school too. They do normal things too. Like, hell, right. maybe that'll teach you some tolerance. Like, right. Yeah. Because people living their lives. Right. Because, of course, let's go back. It's all of this being a problem. But again, our the toxic masculinity allows for the violence mm -hmm. to be okay. So never mind the lyrics. I mean, just some of the things that we've heard Boosie talk about doing to people, allowing to be done to people. You know, oh, all of a sudden, oh, I want to fight Lil Nas X. If I see him, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat that nigga ass. Like, what for what? You know? Right. And For why did what? it have to turn violent? Right. And that's okay in your mind. And your the people that think like you, people that are fans of yours that align with your thoughts on this, that makes them think that that should be your reaction to people in real life. And it's like, that is not okay. That's where it becomes yeah. truly toxic. Well, I just want to say, going back to putting it in the cartoons, mate. <laughs> Pew. Okay, just as an example. Oh, Pepe was, Le Pew? Okay, whatever right. his name was. Yeah. He was a creep. He was a stalker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a creep. Yeah, you're right. And a creep. Right, but it was okay, the right? The first Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, so we That's know. What they're showing the kids that even if a woman says no, I'm just going to chase you down. Like, mm hmm right so it's all all of the mess all of the mess has always been in the cartoons so right just so you know little boosie so okay on the flip side toxic femininity so for some you know maybe a foreign concept certainly not something i'm super familiar with or think of all the time but found what should be an example of toxic femininity uh, or signs to look out for um, 
One major one being sabotage, uh, lying for their own gain, giving misleading advice, mocking others for their work or decisions, trying to manipulate situations to make others look bad, uh, jealousy, resentment, and bitterness towards other women for their looks, popularity, and professional performance. And then a general um, concept or definition, toxic femininity is when women use their gender to obtain certain privileges. It is when noxious, indirect modes of confrontations are masked with gentleness. It is when empathy turns into ethical short-sightedness. So really what I heard was when bitches be nice, nasty out here. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to sum that up. Pretty much. (laughs) Yes. Like be a lady, be dainty, be all of these things. But, you know terrorize other people to get your way if that's what it takes yeah because I mean Mm -hmm. we all know mostly for me I would say that I see it the most like in a workplace setting or like Mm -hmm. a professional like oh hey Diane it's so good good morning I can't stand that like (laughs) (laughs) didn't she wear that skirt last week like why she uh she always coming over here wanting to go to lunch hey girl you want to go to lunch like (laughs) right like really big up in the idea of sisterhood, you know, mm-hmm. and, and leaning on that, but never truly being a sister <laughs> to mm-hmm. anyone, you know, like, oh, you're supposed to be my friend. And I thought we were friends and friends do this and friends do that. And it's like, meanwhile, you sleeping with her husband <sighs> or talking shit about her behind her back, even thinking, you know, I think it is toxic to when your friend leaves you to mm-hmm. just like run down negative stuff about them in either in your head to your other friends Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter but people do that all the time they do it all the time i'm like how you i mean okay it's one thing to be like oh diane no she loud when she came over here or did you hear her fart i went to a party (laughs) recently and the person just (laughs) farted y'all i was like oh you know (laughs) maybe she thought if she didn't acknowledge it (laughs) right like I think I don't think that's toxic I think that's only a fair appropriate level of shading people but like Mm -hmm. I mean (laughs) you don't want somebody to leave your presence and then just you got a list of negative things to say about them and Mm -hmm. we all know people who've done that and have been around those that that kind of experience Mm -hmm. I've done it let me not lie I have done some um there have when we were younger, especially like even when all of us were hanging out, we mm-hmm. hung out with a lot of random people. Mm-hmm. So I knew who my my day ones were, you know, like I, uh, the OG, you know, the YG. I was in the middle, like <laughs> right. somehow, like you know, I knew what that was, but I didn't know all the other people, and I would be talking about them bad, you know, like some people who I didn't like or whatever. <laughs> And I mean, and I'm not talking about like the, the crew per se, just in general, like you go somewhere and you be like, oh, they, they, you see how they did that? Or you see what they did? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? If you didn't like that person. Right. You could have just let that be. Yeah. You didn't have to go. You right. didn't have to be around them. And I mean. You know where I think it becomes toxic is when it's, it's those people that are really not afraid to talk about you or talk about, you know, other people like when they're with their friends and maybe there's some other third party folks around, but they think because they do it in a very gentle and soft way and, you know, and they're very sweet with it. And it's very, you know, Texas, Texas, you know, bless your heart that 
it really shouldn't be a big deal and they shouldn't be called out on it. And it's like, no, you're still being nice, nasty. Yeah, for sure. The worst nice nasties, in my opinion, are in the office. Mm -hmm. I'm with Lexi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if you get you a group of ladies in the office who do not like you, they will make your life miserable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you get one, it will it will trickle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I I managed a team of of ladies who all women Mm -hmm. with my first manager jobs, my first jobs in management and um, I had a lady who just straight up told me I love her to, I love her very much and she was very honest with me one day she was like look I ain't no fake person I just gotta tell you I don't like you you smile too much <laughs> and I was so taken aback my family laughs at this all the time they <laughs> love this story I was so taken aback number one I had never had anybody be that honest with me mm-hmm. I, but I couldn't figure out why she was being like a little rude with me you know Cause she would kind of be short with me and mm. she just wasn't opening up and doing, you know, like kind of working with me. And so I was trying to figure it out. And then the lady tells me it's cause I smile too much. And so I would try my best not to smile after that. <laughs> she was like, no, but, you know, and right you now know, awful you is that? that. Like right. how stupid does that sound? But, but you know what? Me before. Like you're too happy. Like, yeah. But it ended up being something somebody? we, I had to work through that with her and I'm like, but I would, I would actually try to smile less because I'm, I'm just a happy, jovial person and I would smile all the time. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll smile a little less. I would look so stupid trying to like not be myself. But mm-hmm. that that environment, you'll have somebody just not like you because of how you talk or mm-hmm. yes. the stories you tell or, you know, yes. maybe how, I mean, we're not even going to get to the things we know, which is like your career path, your mobility, how you move mm-hmm. forward. Like mm-hmm. there are some women that will make your life they will make your life miserable in, in a work environment because of those things. Yeah, and I think mostly that people get mad at stuff like that because it's it's an insecurity that they have. Yeah, within themselves. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure, even okay at the workplace or outside of the workplace, you know, we could just be having a conversation like, oh, you know, like so and so that she's really cool, you know, like kind of mm-hmm. big and big up in somebody. She's you know doing mm-hmm. well, blah blah blah. But then here comes this one hater. Oh well. You know she ain't got no man, or you know, yeah. You know she's short, right? Like, why are you like, right? <laughs> purposely looking for little flaws or things that yes. you might consider to be a flaw that other person might not even be thinking about, right? You know, and just projecting that off on other people. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've been guilty of that, and can wholeheartedly admit it was in moments of like insecurity because you're oh, around all of these other women, and you're constantly searching for ways to feel like. You are a perfect woman along with them or you're on par with mm-hmm. them, right? Like you are can be seen in just as good as light as them. And so you're picking yourself apart and then you wind up picking other people apart too. Right. Yeah. And and that's so true because you're really spending so much time picking yourself apart mm-hmm. that it's easy to find flaws in everybody else. Right. Yep. All right, so let's move on to some of the uh, characters that we find on social media. So there's lots of toxic uh, personalities that we see on, you know, the book, the gram and Twitter. So 
these are the seven most common toxic types um, that we encounter on social media. So there's the secret envier, the passive aggressor, the intellectual brawler, the social justice warrior, the contrarian, the attention whore, and the nihilistic troll. So just to talk about a few of these, we don't have to go into all of them in, in full on detail. I wanna start with the attention whore. So the attention whore, uh, with their posts, it seems we're interacting with a truly remarkable person. In their photos, they are always smiling and apparently having a fantastic time. They take vacations to the most exciting, exotic locales. They make a point of always supporting the best and latest causes. Uh, they're working on their fourth novel while raising children and while also starting some hot new business venture. They're always putting up quotes that promote a positive attitude and spiritual values and doling out advice. And they may also pro uh, post provocative videos and images that make it seem like they're so original and bold. But, you know, after a while, that shit starts to, you know, become a bit much. And then, like we just said, you start looking at your life like, damn, like I'm not going on those same types of trips. Like I don't have the husband, the kids, the house, the car, the job, you know, the investments, the whatever it is. And then you start feeling a certain type of way about yourself, but it's not going to slow this type of person down. So what, let's just talk about how we've seen some folks like that. I, I think there's some differences. I feel like I can draw a line between people that I have met and have known in real life that do that because it might appear that way to certain people, but I don't receive it that way. And then there are influencers who do it and I don't know anything about their lives. So I, I receive that, you know, in a different way as well. But I think it can be pretty toxic to, you know, kind of show up in a way online like that and make it seem like everything's always good. Everything's always perfect. And everything that I'm doing, you should do it too. And I should be your source of, you know, of answers when you need advice and you know I should explain everything that you need to know about what's on trend and what's the next thing to do you know like what your next investment should be I think it, that's where it can get a little you know toxic well I think it's only natural that when you have the ability to control what people see um you know about your life to put your best foot forward because okay let's keep mm -hmm. it real when people come on uh, live crying and shit, we be clowning them, right? Okay, when they're trying to show you that shit is bad. <laughs> You're like, why is he on okay. here crying? Looking okay, for that's true. You know? mm -hmm. so, I, I definitely see both sides to that. I think, the, as you were reading that, I could think about want two people mm -hmm. i don't know I'm, and i'm not trying to hate or call you know whatever but right and what i, I like is people. yeah what i like is that we all are you know we came through different schools different times different peers so yeah we probably all thought of a person or or two but probably not the same people so yeah i'm right. definitely with you i thought of people <laughs> yeah but i thought of super cent and and BBG. oh yeah oh okay yeah. and here's why i say that because and i love them i love both of them and i follow both of them for years so but both of them have this this need for attention 
Mm-hmm. I just noticed that, like, and I and it comes out in everything that they kind of do. They always show the great trips or, mm-hmm. you know, the big projects. Like yesterday, they, it always feels like, okay, with with Judy and I love her. It always feels like she's. Um, She's doing it because she wants to do the right thing, but then she also kind of wants attention. Okay. Yep. So, so like yesterday, she did like this whole thing where she donated pallets and pallets and stuff to people in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and like so good, right? Yes. But y'all know how we all feel about people who donate, who do donations, and then they keep the camera on them all day, mm-hmm. and now you have like a whole like video about it within right. like twenty four hours, and like yes, it was real, like admirable you got out there you you did all this these cool things but like was there a little pride in that sometimes it feels like there's a little and and i'm not trying to judge you know Mm -hmm. but i'm just like it feels like it's a little bit like look at me look at me look at me it never feels and and i'm sure that these people do things in private that we don't know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah for sure always feels like with these particular two influencers for me they have you have they have you have to see when they're feeding the homeless or Mm -hmm. when they're you know helping other people or when they're living their best lives like you got to see that peak and I think they do get they pride themselves on maybe showing you the worst part too because they want you to know they're human yeah but it really is about showing them in their best light and it feels just a little needy to Mm -hmm. me sometimes um I feel like maybe it's because the two examples you just gave are women. I can think of two actually really good examples like um, Trey the Truth and Kill Mike. Like they're actually in the hood doing the work. And I feel like when I started to hear about it, it was because other people were acknowledging them for it. Not because they were on social media, you know, passing out cheeseburgers Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing whatever say look at me look at me like i'm actually doing this because this is i care about the community and these are things that i want to do and i'm not doing it you know for publicity or to make it seem like i'm doing good online right trade the truth is a good example because Mm -hmm. you're i didn't know who he was i just started seeing this like big black dude from houston all in the news for stuff i mean that's pretty much how i found out he was a rapper but he's been yeah, banned like, from the radio for like 15 years <laughs> i didn't even know any of that and then like all of a sudden he will always be on like just recently he was on like the news just here for something and i'm like how mm-hmm. does he keep like everybody talks about what he does such a good example of like mm-hmm. Someone who maybe is out there doing the opposite. Right. Right. Yeah. And those, so Supercent and Judy were such good examples because, so towards the end of the description of the attention whore and that toxic personality online, it said all of the, for all of the different examples, you know, the idea is like, how do you kind of either get out of conflict with them or how do you um, get them to stop affecting you essentially? And the, it said like, these are the type of people that you might just have to unfollow because they're not going to change. They're not going to stop. And to your point, Diane, so much of what they're doing is just because they want that attention. They feed off of it. I literally did. I stopped following Supa because I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, if it wasn't, it's not always, like you said, they do show the bad and they, they show the real of what's going on with their lives. But honestly, I don't need to see all of that shit. I don't need to see you going through it and going through drama with your your children's dad. Um, I don't need to see you falling out with other people. I don't need to see you cussing folks out online anymore. At least not at this point. 
because I see so many of the great things you've done. I've seen you, you know, develop a million dollar business. I've seen you become a pillar of your community and purchase your own land. Now I don't need to see what are, you know, quote unquote, or, um, what can be perceived as some of the worst parts of you, because Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not necessary for me to see all parts of your life. And, but at the end of the day, she's not going to stop showing it. Not for me. And what, that's the first thing they'll tell you. If you don't want to see it, then unfollow. And you, I was Mm -hmm. after a certain point, I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? People all also say like, oh, you know, people be all in my business. Y'all all all know. Like, well, yeah, because you you put us in your business. Right. Right. How the story ends. Every time. Of course (laughs) I want to know how the story ends. I know. I'm inquisitive. Right. Especially when you're in a relationship and so much of your online persona was based off of that relationship. So when that man disappeared, I want to know what happened. What happened? When the website that y'all were, you know, both push and stop working, I want to know what happened. <laughs> when you get that webmaster 404 in. <laughs> <laughs> you are a fool. Yes. Okay. Like, don't play with me now. Like, uh-uh. You wanted us all in your business. And I think, <laughs> right? And that's what drives me away. When you go from wanting people to be in your business, when you go in live every, you know, hour of the day mm-hmm. so that you can interact with social media and you make your money off of social media when you start to overshare and then yes I think that is where it becomes toxic it's like I want everything about social media to happen in the way that I want it to and it's like you can't do that here like yeah. right there aren't a lot of rules but one rule is you don't get to run how this looks right <laughs> and how yeah. it functions um okay another example is the social justice warrior so these types are particularly slippery and infuriating to deal with because they cloak everything in black and white terms they are on the side of good and we are on the side of evil Uh, they may be sincere with their beliefs but they have so over identified with their cause that they feel entitled to be even more violent insulting and insensitive than anything we might have expressed so I would say these days, I mean, you pick a cause, right? (laughs) There's a million things under the sun that some people might be willing to go hard for and other people don't believe in it, um, whatever the case may be. And yeah, I think there, there are too many folks that they come to social media looking for that fight, right? I mean, we, we, we've seen that within the past year and some change, You know, you have those folks that were going hard from a Black Lives Matter perspective and you find out they're either conning folks or, you know, they're just basically coming at anybody and trying to cancel everybody that doesn't agree with them. Um, I mean, hell, our girl, uh, Angela, the kitchenista, she might be a little bit of a social justice warrior now going hard at Darius Cooks to the point where that shit is looking a little toxic in the light. It's definitely looking toxic. It is. And that's interesting that you brought her up because um, I was thinking recently, at what point do you pull back? Like, how how invested can you be in someone you've never met? You know what? One of the statements in the description um, was, was it said, it can become a kind of outrage addiction. And to me, yeah, like at a certain point when you wake up chasing something, (laughs) 
you know, chasing the the idea of trying to put this person under the jail or get them kicked off of the internet. Cause that's, that's where I struggle. Like, I understand, like, if you want to see this person brought to justice or even, you know, going back to make it a broader concept, see like something eradicated. But when mm-hmm. you are putting it all on trying to solve it through the internet, like this is still just social media. So when you are looking to cut down anybody and everybody that you think is in your way of your version of justice, you start looking a little toxic. Agreed. I mean, when you said that, I just, a few names came to mind. Sean King. Yeah. Amanda Seals. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, you know. Feminine I hate to, to Joe. say it, but I kind of, I don't know who that is. But I'm starting to kind of, I hate to say it, feel that way about being crunk. But that's a whole mm. other discussion for another time. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Actually, we should, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we need to get our opinions on that together. But, you know, my, my dad said something recently about him. He was like, he, 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 my dad called him a tornado chaser. Oh man. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I thought that was rude as hell when he first said it. I was like, man, don't say that. You know, like, but then I'm like, how is this man always in the video? Like the next day. The damn he the ditty of the law (laughs) world, okay, in the videos. Rubbing backs. (laughs) I think because he's able to get them those civil cases and get cut the checks if nothing else he's making sure they get paid for their pain like funky Doneva would say <laughs> which is like you know terrible in the moment because it always right. feels like damn like like we said earlier y'all giving people a minute to grieve but at the same time it's almost like i don't know does he know there's a certain window of opportunity to make sure you mm. maximize the situation because it feels a little quick sometimes for sure, but yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, I guess when you look at it, um, it is a, a time sensitive situation, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just like having a funeral. Nobody wants to plan a funeral while they're grieving and things like True. that, but it has to happen. Right. So, yeah. Same thing with, I guess, you know, filing a case. Yeah. Very true. So, um, the article, which I'll shout out when we're done with this, but um, it says the best it, the best way um, to kind of shake off, you know, social justice warrior is to quietly withdraw and perhaps with a mild apology, if you can, if, if that's where it went <laughs> and wait for them to forget about you and pounce on their next victim. <laughs> that's the best advice. I always it go is. with number three. I, I rarely apologize these days. That's my probably toxic trait. But number three, I'm going with that in a heartbeat. Like, let me just sit here. I'm not going to say anything else. Mm-hmm. And this will pass. Yep. All right. So let's see. One last one. The secret envier. So online, often people become our friend or follower with an undercurrent of resentment and are having more success than they have. They secretly desire the opportunity to take us down a notch. They have a nose for any misstep on our part they can exploit. So I feel like, you know, I've seen that probably more with um, maybe like female rappers, you know, young rapping black girls where 
In a lot of ways, people will follow them to see how far they can get. And as soon as they make some sort of a big break, you know, they have that great appearance. They have, you know, Chloe Bailey, they have that new music video. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, you're not all that, you know, (laughs) you're not all that you're cracked up to be. And it's like, damn, like you was just following me. You were just keeping up with everything I had going on. Mm -hmm. But now that I am truly showing that I've got some success, probably more success than you think that you have, you know, now you have negative things to say. Mm -hmm. Agree. And even if you take it down to a personal level, I mean, I'm sure we've all Mm -hmm. experienced it online. But, you know, when people say stuff like, oh, how how's your little business going? Oh, yeah. (laughs) How your little boyfriend doing? You know, (laughs) oh, you always traveling. You'll never be at home. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be mad because you sitting on your couch and I'm sitting on the couch somewhere by the beach. Like. (laughs) You I, I got the same, you got the, we got the same 24 hours in a day. <laughs> okay, Diddy. Okay, I mean, right. but if you, you, you know, travel, your back you is, but your back is different because I cannot work on the side of the chairs and stuff. You be pick, I mean, I don't know if they just need a full photo op and then you get your real chair behind that, but I can't. So that's my problem. So when I be like so amazed, I'm just like, how the hell do you work on a, on this little like retain? beach chair all day i can't my legs would be all but numb and so i'm old well you know now that i'm in my 30s my back ain't the same no oh more God. so yeah you're I so limber I got, oh. <laughs> welcome i know you just got here yeah <laughs> but yeah so that with enviers you know a lot of times Whatever it is that they are truly envying, it's it's likely something that they don't have that they want or they know that if they would just, you know, buckle down and have the same discipline, you know, mm-hmm. or had a different set of circumstances, they might be able to have those things. And it's truly just them showing that, you know, there's some level of jealousy and they don't, you know, they know that if you turned around and actually said something to them, they would have no rebuttal. Right. Especially when people talk about folks like, oh, that girl shouldn't have gotten an award or, you know, that girl shouldn't have gotten a promotion at work. And then you turn around Mm -hmm. and be like, girl, where's your award? Where's your job? Okay, Right. (laughs) You know, for me, what I think about with this is I always think that people are most jealous of like of my personal glitter, like my shine. Yeah. The gift God gave me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just mine. I, I can't teach it. I can't give it to you. It's just how I was born and what I was gifted with. But you got something too. Right. And I find so often like at work, you know, I have this, I have my, 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 my work husband, my work bestie. I love him very much. He is a, a reporting guru. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is just a reporting guru. I mean, he is so good at it. He can, he can make everything shine for, for probably two years. I just was jealous of him for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I can't do it. I would spend time at night trying to like work on my Excel and work on my reporting techniques and like how I was analyzing. I just could not compete. And finally, it wasn't until like very, so like almost when we stopped working together that it, it kind of dawned on me, but this is what I am good at. This is what I bring to the table. I can analyze the reports that he brings. I can put these presentations together. Like I had Mm -hmm. all these skills, but I was so focused on the one he had. And I have found that, Oh, 
throughout my life that's always been the thing it's the one thing i don't know how to give this if i could give it to each child you can have it right it's just the way <laughs> it's mine it's just the way i am and you know yeah i'm i, I can probably work a party there's some downsides to that too Mm-hmm. Can I work a room? Can I make people feel comfortable? Those are my gifts. You could be jealous of that all day long. There's plenty of downsides that come with who I am. And I'm not going to sit here and harp on it, but you know, like, I think that's when it gets so difficult because you look at people and you're like, you want something that somebody else has that's not ever going to be for you. Mm-hmm. If you would focus on yourself, you know, focus on what you're good at. Yep. Um, it, you know, I think like I've been looking at clothes. I don't know which sister is which, but the one that just came out with the song. Chloe. Make it awesome. Like, okay, Chloe. So I'm <laughs> like, she's giving me Beyonce. Yeah. But then I had to catch myself. I was like, okay, I think she is paying a little homage to her, but let her be her. Right. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, she, I mean, I don't think you can be envious of Beyonce. You grew up around her. Right. You can't oh, yeah, really she's be a envious. direct proto- she protege. Just like, yeah, I'm like, you got to just imitate to the best of your ability and then make put your own swag on it. You know, but you don't you don't spend your life being jealous of Beyonce. Right. You know you'll never be freaking Beyonce. Right. So, but she's going to be Chloe. Right, she's going to be Chloe, Chloe. and <laughs> Chloe will play Beyonce in the biopic 20 years from now, so. <laughs> All right. I'm like, come on, girl. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the article wraps up and says that, um, you know, when we're, when we're looking at those enviers, we understand that they have less to lose than we do from, from a public spat, you know? And a lot of times what they're envious of a person for That's something that, like Diane said, they don't possess. So they have less to lose in that vein. You know, if you are the person that is winning the awards or you're that person that shines bright in a certain way and people acknowledge you for that, if you start getting into it with other people that are envious of you that don't have what you have, you have more to lose. You're going to be the one that's taken off of, you know, your square, right? You the one that's going to look like you shifted in your crown or you the one at risk of dropping the trophies, you know, and the what you have won dealing with them so you know best bet is to disengage but um sorry were you gonna say something Lex no but I would just say on that note focus on yourself because when you're busy looking at what other people are doing or trying to be like somebody else you might be missing out on your blessing Mm mm-hmm what Frank Ocean Mama say, don't try to look like somebody else. Don't try to act like somebody else. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> Frank Ocean I Mama. Mean, <laughs> where did you see that? Oh, so obviously y'all aren't blonde stands like myself. It's fine. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. Only, <laughs> only okay. thing I remember well, somebody Mama said was, Boosie, get on your motherfucking shit, nigga. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was saying, all I can quote is Common's daddy from like Water for Chocolate when he was like, be your own grain of sand, baby. Be your own grain of sand. <laughs> okay. That's a nice one. All right. That's a good okay. one, too. All right. Shout out to the parents. But yeah. <laughs> all right. So the article is called The Seven Types of Toxic People to Avoid on Social Media. And it's by Robert Green. If anybody wants to take a gander at it, read some more up on it, you know, have a a follow-up conversation with you and your friends <laughs> or hit me up. Uh, but yes, I definitely appreciate you guys uh, delving deep with me today on 
toxic thing. So of course, before we go, we have to do jukebox with Jack. So tell me what you guys have been listening to songs, albums, um, old school, new school. What's what's on your um, what's on your playlist? Uh I am loving Mumu Fresh. She Mumu has a new album Fresh. called Queen of Culture. Okay. And I've been listening to that on repeat. So she has a song on there called Reparations. Like, if you are just, yeah, everybody should listen to that. She's, she's yeah. Okay. So um, I just watched that Rick James documentary. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> It was so good. I've been listening to all things Rick James. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have not listened to Donda. I don't plan on it. Um, I'm sure somewhere along the lines, I'll hear some of the songs from the album. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a little bit of Drake. Mm-hmm. A little champagne and, poppy. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it on my end. Okay, yeah. So I definitely uh, gave... Um, what was Champagne Poppy's album called? Certified Lover Boy. Certified Lover Boy. <laughs> Definitely gave it a listen. So on one hand, it's like I, I feel like Drake got stuck in 2015 and they have not let him go out of whatever you know realm he lives in since Hotline Bling came on. But Ooh. it's still great beats, great um samples, lots of great features. Uh, but you know it's just the content but at the same time like of course I immediately gravitated towards way too sexy because I feel like future Drake and Young Thug make the best songs together so (laughs) I just felt like they needed a little Uzi in the video with the shoulders yeah that would have been nice to have as the fourth for sure (laughs) um and then so I also turned on some uh, R&B earlier so I heard the new Ari Linux pressure. So that was mm-hmm. cute. Of course, Chloe have mercy. Shout out to her. Yeah. She Chloe. is a Beyonce protege straight from Parkwood Entertainment. So mm-hmm. so she will be, you know, Beyonce of the next generation. So shout out to her. Um, and you know who else? Like the Afrobeats just won't stop. You know, I heard Crazy Tings by Tim's. That's really good. And then Steady by Wizkid is good. So I love Wizkid. Right. Love Wizkid. Like he's on fire right now. So yeah. lots of good tunes um, out there. And yeah, the, the but the Drake, you know, I it's cool. But yeah, I'm not really I'm not listening to the Donda. I heard it one time. I'm not I'm act I'm not listening to that. I thumbs down it. <laughs> and I had, I had to figure out how to thumbs down it. I will not forget. I will never forget that Kanye West walked around like an idiot behind Donald Trump. Because mm. I will not listen to his music anymore. Mm-mm. I will not. I, I know I missed the canceled episode, but Kanye is canceled to me. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I have struggled to get through the Aaliyah album because Child, I'm not. I can't. And so I'm like, damn, I kind of think it was better when we didn't have access to it. Well, y'all because already know how so I feel hard about that. Because R. Kelly just ruined everything. Um, Yeah, I, d- I definitely think that it's hard to listen to it in the same way. But, you know, I was uh, one of the original kids, okay, on the line wires and the... And the, so I, I already had the shit. 
<laughs> I didn't need a re-release. I still got it on a, a iPod <laughs> from 2007. So, well, yeah. If I wanted the CDs, I'm sure I would have them. But you know, yeah. uh, very early on in this uh, podcast endeavor, um, I let y'all know that you know Aaliyah just isn't that girl for me so (laughs) i'll let y'all enjoy her and uh have it but you know to all of my homies listening you guys can stop sending me links to i care for you you know that i'm not (laughs) checking for it it's not new um like y'all said uh we have physical copies of cds i'm sure if somebody really wanted you know if i really wanted to hear it i would have found someone who had a CD and I could burn it, you know, perhaps. Uh, but <laughs> right, and how how old does that sound? Because I just found a whole <laughs> CD case, and I'm like, wow, I I have nothing to play these on. Yeah, so. But you know, y'all enjoy. But um, yes, I appreciate y'all for coming back on. I definitely enjoyed this topic. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be keeping my eye out for you know the the toxic ways of the world a little bit more and trying to avoid. The trolls and the attention whores and the enviers and all of the other characters online. So y'all make it, make sure y'all do the same. And thank you for coming back. You know, this won't be the last time. Thank, thank you, you for having, having me. Us. Yes, us. Yes. We love it. All right. Well, until next time, y'all take care. Have a good one. Bye. Peace out. Bye. And that wraps up another episode. Diane and Lex, thank you so much for coming back again. Definitely enjoyed exploring toxic themes and toxic people with you guys. Hey, would love to hear from everybody on this theme and this topic. What are your thoughts? If you want to come on and talk about toxic family, because we didn't even touch that. Let me know. Hit me up. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.